This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam gets a sneak peek of what's to come. Charlene's drowning in her kids' bodily fluids. And we chat about getting intimate. So, Charlene, uh, we, we're sitting here in a very um, secluded little part of a restaurant in Randburg uh, because uh, we've been struggling to touch base. <laughs> uh, just finding time in our lives and in the, in, the, in the craziness of it all um and it, it feels a little bit like we're having an affair <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's really really secluded so um if anybody is uh, having an affair or planning on having one uh give us a shot we'll we'll hook you Whoa. up with the spot <laughs> we'll tell you exactly where to go um look yeah um we are on mutual ground we are um you know in between jobs and in between so we're at a at a restaurant at the moment so if you hear listeners any background noise or whatever that's that'll explain it we do not have a studio we are just your average mediocre moms trying to make it work and and trying to touch base with fellow moms and dads um to just let everybody know that hey we're all in the same boat yeah um so yeah, it's it's hard. It's really fucking hard, but we are we are doing it. Um, so let's get started, Charlene, with just a touching base. Tell me, uh, parenting this week. Um, are you kicking ass or are you getting your ass kicked? <laughs> I'd say an overwhelming getting my ass kicked. I'm getting it handed to me. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've got two sick kids. I'm juggling, trying to juggle a lot of balls. Aye. So I don't feel like I have my shit together this week, Sam. I'm, <laughs> I'm in over my head. <laughs> I laugh because uh, right this morning my husband had a um, a post reminder on his Facebook, uh, like a little memory of what we were doing four years ago on this day, and it was actually our wedding anniversary is coming up next month. Aye. And so it was uh, uh, actually in this month, a couple of weeks from now. And um, it was a, an event that we went to. We were doing dancing classes for the wedding in preparation for the wedding. And um, we went to a dance social where we had the opportunity to dance with professional dancers and do ballroom and all sorts of style, styles of dancing. Yeah. So it was a dinner and an evening of dance. And that is what we did prior uh, to having our two hooligans. When we were young and carefree. carefree with no responsibilities. Our biggest concern at that point in life was, will we remember the steps to the dance that we have to do at our wedding? <laughs> and did you? How was that first dance? It was perfect. I, I don't even think that we remembered all the steps but it it didn't matter it was such a nice dance what was your first dance song it's how long will i love you by ellie golding you know no i know ellie golding i don't know that song how long will i love you oh oh, Oh, that's beautiful yeah it is it's a really beautiful song anyway so that was the memory from four years ago my how things have changed so this is your challenge you on your anniversary in a couple of weeks you need to play that song and dance for josh 
<laughs> it's so funny because to this, I love that song to bits. And to this day, I cannot listen to it without thinking in my head, slow, slow, <laughs> quick, quick, slow. So that's fine. Yes. You've got to do it and you've got to film it. Yes, Kay. we'll do it. Okay, Josh good. can watch. Good. Challenge accepted then. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Okay, so. How about you? Are you getting your ass kicked or are you kicking ass? Um, I I do feel a little bit like I'm getting my ass kicked as well. Hmm. Also, just hand it to me on a nice, bright, shiny silver platter by my 20-month-old son. <laughs> What's happening with Elijah? You know, no. He, he only turns two in January, right? And we are currently in uh, September. So we've got four months to go. This was supposed to be a beautiful honeymoon period for me. And I was like very much enjoying the, the one and a half. He's been so cute. He's learning to talk. He's uh, understanding commands and um, making requests. And a little personality. Yeah, just it's been a joy. This week, no, no, no. The, the like tantrums are like in full swing. What is this? Who is this person? <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm laughing, but no, I man. I hate to break it to you that what you're dealing with now is but the tip of the iceberg, no, no, my friend. No, 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 no. Yeah, so earlier this week I posted on Instagram of how he, like, we've been trying our best from when he discovered the toilet paper. No, no, only take a little bit, blow your nose, and he does it very sweetly. He takes one square off the toilet paper and pretends to blow his nose. He goes, pfft. <laughs> and puts it in the toilet or um yeah he helps mama wipe i mean i can't get rid of that so i can't Jeez. like tell him not to make him th- you know put the fear of god in him about mommy's going to the toilet so he he's very helpful he helps me <laughs> helps mama wipe. and so i thought i had it waxed how wrong was i <laughs> i was solo parenting this week and the uh, thought yes I'm kicking so much ass here I'm getting it's bath time I'm not, I'm not saying late. I'm a super mom but look at me look I at me I have this dinner went fine he's being a treat we're loving each other bedtime's gonna be so loving and wonderful and then walk down the stairs and there's this pile of toilet paper and I'm just like that's fine whatever and it was a brand new roll so just really the whole fucking roll and I'm just like Really? I can't just let him get away with it. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Like I said in my in my post, the 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 worst it's not the end of the world. I know that there's so much worse to come. I know it. That's like the toilet paper is as you say the tip of the iceberg or the little tantrums now they are the tip of the iceberg. But stopping for it for that teaching moment. Yeah. And neither of us felt like it at the time. I was just like, go sit in your quiet corner and think about what you'd... And he goes and sits and he's just like, Mama, you're not really angry. That's his That's not your angry face, Mom. I know when you're upset. He just looked at me like, stop kidding yourself, really. You're fine. You're fine. All's fine. Everything's fine. So, yeah. That there's that, and I, I know it. I know that a lot of parents also looking. Look, I'm just going to post what I post, but a lot of parents looking in that are going, "Girl, you don't even know. You don't even know what's what's to come. What's so, coming for you?" But yeah, so he's also like, you know, when they do that, where they go lame, and all of a sudden they can't stand. <laughs> 
I'm sorry for the laughter. But you but know, you know. Do I know when they go lame? Like nappy changes. Yes. And they don't want to turn around to put their pajamas on. Yes. And it's late. Or in the mornings <laughs> when you have to be somewhere and you're like, we got to go to school, get up, get dressed. All of a like sudden, jelly. arms and legs don't work. Or like when I am changing his nappy and I manage to get him onto the, the changing station his legs are straight up and I'm just like I'm trying to bend his knees and I can't get them bent and I'm just like Elijah I can't wipe your bum if you don't bend your knees There's and he's just everywhere <laughs> so but but it's more than that it used to be like a okay cute he's being a little defiant now it's just like this his world is ending um <laughs> no tears just, just shout <gasps> and raise obviously the dad that goes. He learned this from school. He learned this from school. <laughs> Somebody, some kid at school, and I'm just like, I'm pretty sure all kids just do this. Just do it. But yeah, yeah it does like. Eventually, it gets to you, and I'm just. I was so enjoying that honeymoon period, and it, it was such a brief moment in time. Oh well, that's it. I'm also um, drowning in looking for a new school for Elijah. We're not, hundred percent aligned in our values with the school that he's at. It's not the worst school in the world, but it's not. It's and not it's, for you. It's not for me, and it's also close to my old work, which is 15 minutes away, as opposed to some of the schools we're looking at that are five minutes away. And mm. it just, I think that does, that will make a big difference in our lives. But your the looking for school part is just- Taxing. Weighs on you, and yeah. So, yeah. That's, yeah, there's that's also, where we're at. I, I suppose, I mean, that's a whole separate discussion, schooling and, and the pressures around what school are you taking your kid to, when are you applying. Yeah, Childcare in general. I definitely think uh, it's something we need to, to look Touch into, on, so yeah. we will. We will do that. Um, anyways, let's, let's get to this week's uh, topic, our agenda. Uh, we are talking about... Maintenance night, Charlene. Do you know what that is? I there was a point in time that I didn't, but I I have discovered it. Okay, well, so for all our listeners, uh, maintenance night. Maintenance night is when all the banging and screwing happens. Please remember what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planet Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. So, to, to set the scene, um, I have a very good friend of mine who, um, incidentally, has just had her second little boy, um, and she put me on to maintenance night. It was this kind of joke between our, um, um, our friendship group. When she got married, she committed to maintenance night, which is basically, you have sex, and if you haven't had sex a week from the last time you had sex you it just needs to happen it's maintenance it doesn't have to be super romantic it doesn't have you don't have to like wear something super sexy it doesn't have to be long it does you know it, it just needs to happen you're just having sex because you haven't had it in a week and you need to be diligent you need to be diligent because <laughs> i love this 
yeah and for me like i was still when they got married we were we had actually just gotten engaged the day that the was around about the time that they got married and so you in that like and you single we didn't own a house we lived in the flat and it was just a really fun carefree also time in our lives you know yeah and um I don't. I was just like, okay. I don't know if that's well. When you get married and you get busy and life gets ahead of you, maintenance night for me is is important. And I don't get it right. Um, I don't. I don't know really of very many married couples, even without kids, who do get it right all the time. Uh, but yo, it's a new ball game. Once you have kids. You know, it's actually so, it's really scary. When my husband and I first met each other, we would have these like frank discussions about what we believe are um, the most important things, or not important things, but like deal breakers in relationships. Okay. Mm. So, I mean, everybody has their own boundaries, their own deal breakers, like whether it be lying or like dishonesty or um, not communicating well enough. Or, and I don't think that people are honest enough with themselves about these kinds of things. And sex is a major thing unfortunately yeah. it yeah well fortunately or unfortunately depending on how you view it okay and um, i think what what we a lot of problems come in is that um and it depends on your situation or how things uh, panned out after you got married or once before the kids were there or whatever it's a trap that you can easily fall into so let's just quickly be honest with ourselves um men are always ready to go it's, yeah, it, it's just the I way they are. I don't wired. actually know a man who's not. Yes, yeah. If he's heterosexual and he's interested in a woman, yeah. and you are a woman, he will be ready to go. If yeah. he's not heterosexual and he is interested in men, and there's a man that's interested, he will be ready okay, to go. Gay men probably really have good sex all the time. I think so. <laughs> They're much more open about their their experiences and sometimes it's just sex no strings attached and sometimes it is there are strings attached but it is just pleasure to the body and the mind and the soul yeah for that moment in time yeah so I think the problem or the problem or the challenge for women is and I mean I'm no sex expert and there are experts that you could talk to about this but in my personal experience I think that we're in our heads too much I remember having Josh and so let's just paint this ugly picture you had birth via c-section you you've got the scar you have rolls and things that never used to be there your body's pretty well, much breastfeeding you change of stale milk all the time shape completely you you literally have milk oozing from your yeah. breasts if you were me i couldn't take off my bra without yeah, milk just spurting everywhere. spurting everywhere it didn't drip in droplets i had like four fountainy squirts coming out of my boobs whenever I removed my bra or my breast pads so yeah you you don't feel your most sexy first of all second of all I used to look at this shit show that was me um because that's the only way I could think of myself at that point in time exhausted stinking of milk probably Josh had reflux so you probably have some sour smelling milk vomit on you somewhere and 
you you probably haven't shaved your legs and done all your female grooming like and you should have most of the time and, and even if even if you did have time you're too freaking exhausted to spend yeah, that time you, spend no. the time that you have doing that so then i look at myself and i think to myself i don't know even if i were to come on to my husband right now if he as much as he's ready to go at any given time because he is a guy yeah i don't think he's going to be jumping at the opportunity to to get jiggy with this mess because you don't feel sexy you don't feel like you're attractive yeah and i remember thinking that i really want to be intimate with him because i feel like there's there is that a disconnect. disconnect yeah and and you feel when you are intimate with your partner you you just connect on a different level, let's be honest. And, yeah. and, and that the day after that or like... You know what I feel like? That. You know what I feel like it is? Just touching on that. I feel like it's whatever transpired, whatever snaps you made at each other or irritations you had or, or you get intimate then and it's kind of like, you, you does it matter? No, it doesn't. It, does it, ma- it doesn't matter. Hey, I'm still you. You're yes. s- I'm still me. You're still you we have connected on this level before here we're doing it again and hey it's okay it's okay and i think the 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 advice i can give and it's funny i had this exact discussion with another mom she said you need to switch off your mom brain you just got to switch off the mom and switch on the carefree sexy sassy chick that used to be the one that was fun yeah. and and loving it because but how hard it's so much easier said than done it is though. so much easier said than done but that's why this i love this maintenance night suggestion because don't don't be in your head too much about it just well it's like a chore just do the deed just do the deed and and get it done and you know what the more, it's one of those things that the more you do the more you'll like it the more you'll want to do it because if you're in your head too much you'll be like, let's think about this when you first start dating your partner you don't think oh we have to have sex tonight he's gonna take me out to dinner he's probably gonna want to have sex i don't know what i'm gonna. you don't think like that you no. think like hmm, best i put my sexy undies on in case it happens Just in case. You know? and you get it's like butterflies yes, and you're and actually you excited, about, get excited it. about it or whatever so Try not to be in your head too much. Just just leave the mommy at the door and just... Because you might not feel your sexiest and you might not feel like you have it in you to get it on. But it's like ripping off a band-aid. The, the minute you get back into it, you're going to see how much... And it's such a stress reliever. Can I just yeah. tell you? Yeah, all once of this you manage. Both up tension that you have with being exhausted and the kids driving you crazy and, and, and you just... You just feel like, hmm, I'm still me outside of all of these other things. This new me that I've become. I'm still the old me. Yeah. Deep down inside. Yeah. And oh. I think you'll discover new things about yourself and your partner. And after kids, for sure, that was that was the case for me. And I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that because I think that a lot of... Um, moms probably will be either going through it or have gone through it and I, and I think we do need to touch base and and for you to hear from me that this is what I've gone through and it's it's cool it's okay um so we're gonna take a short break cool. and we'll we'll get back to that cool 
Oh, I'm gonna tell you a bit about my my experience, and then I also wanna I really wanna touch on uh, pregnancy intimacy. I think Ray said something to me, and I'm really talking out of our home now. Ray said something to me the other day just about having a, a second child, and he's just like, "Ooh, I don't know if I'm ready for for that." Um, not the child because we look at elijah and we're like yeah like i say honeymoon period we're like we can do this again look how great he is we love him um ray said i don't know if i can handle that pregnancy again i wasn't i i just cried a lot i wasn't this like monster that screamed at everybody i was very emotional ill in the first three i was just one of those women who got quite sick couldn't eat and i just I guess I was needy and he's genuinely it's not even a joke really like people joke about pregnant women for us it's it's a very real concern that Ray's just like I don't know if I can handle Elijah now and you being needy <laughs> and I just I've kind of felt sorry for him I'm just you know and I don't I, I also don't want that for either of mm. us so and if you think about it like I just thought you're did we even have sex those three months that I felt so ill? He, and he, he was so disappointed because I was one of the very, very lucky ones who fell pregnant on my first cycle. Literally the first cycle we tried. Oh, and he was like, oh, we're going to make he, a baby. We're going to have some fun. He was so amped for the making of the, the baby. The baby. <laughs> he was so amped for, and it just happened first time around. And he, it was just like, wah, wah. sorry, that's it for you, bud, because now she's sick. <laughs> and shame, the poor shame. guy. <laughs> and he, he thinks fondly of those those times, you know, those, those early, you know, well, those trying days when we were hardly trying (laughs) and um i actually took a pregnancy test the other day just because i've been feeling a little bit off yes the chances were very slim um we're not actively going for it but i took a test just to like rule that out and um he said he saw me by the test and he said to me i'm gonna be so bummed if that's positive because that just that means we didn't even get to try again. <laughs> Shame that has robbed him of his second possible opportunity yeah. of having the raging baby making moment. Yeah. So the first three three months of um, of pregnancy, probably we didn't, and probably a lot of women who naturally are sick in the first trimester. Don't you I mean, know, you, you just... feel ill and you're tired. Oh my lord, that exhaustion that you feel when you're making those first. Were you tired? I was very tired with both pregnancies. First pregnancy, I don't think I was. I might have once or twice felt like I had to just do an extra, like swallow of my saliva, thinking, mm, "Is this what morning sickness is? That is the no. that is. If it was that bad, that's how bad it was for me with my first one. But with Jess, I it was not have a little anything. bit worse. And then with Jess, even while I was having it, I thought, "This is the end of my world. I've been <laughs> no- feeling nauseous for like three straight days, and then it turned into a week, and then it turned into two weeks. I think it was probably three weeks of some nausea, of which one or two days I couldn't lift my head off the pillow, feeling so." poorly yeah but I remember he's still buying me all of those little <laughs> nice treats so that I wouldn't have to feel so sick and it felt like I was dying but 
then it was over and it was hardly bad. I'm saying I felt like I was dying. It was nowhere near what some women get because no. two of my friends have just recently, well, they're already in their third trimester, but when they fell pregnant, they battled severe nausea. They had to be medicated. My other friend was admitted to hospital twice. Yeah, there's the whole Cape Middleton. Any, like yeah, syndrome, she wasn't keeping you know? any food in. So, yeah, that's not a sexy time. No. And, and it's so funny because I think, I suppose men are like, yay, we've already made a baby. Now we can have unprotected now, sex. Yeah, now it's like. <laughs> now we don't have to worry. Okay, then you do, you'd feel a bit sexier your second trimester. There's a lot of blood flow to the area and you're like. But as soon as you start showing, it didn't happen with me, but it happened with friends. Oh, you get a bit uncomfortable <laughs> in terms of. Hubby gets a bit uncomfortable. Oh, is Or it? your partner, or... Well, that's interesting. I never had that. I never no. had that either. Well, if there are any listeners out there whose husbands did not appreciate the second uh, trimester, we want to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the third one where you just feel like a hippo. <laughs> no, the third trimester was, for me, the most... I was like... I want to do it. I want to do it. Really? I, want to do it. I, want, I don't know why. I, it must have been hormones because yeah. I'm never like, well, <laughs> sharing personally, I'm never <laughs> like that. I don't mean it like that. I'm too preoccupied to be, in that, to be in that state of mind. So for me, I'll be, but I mean, Rhett's very good at it because I'll be absorbed in my own little world and my own little life and I'll be doing things or whatever. And he knows, he just has to cuddle me in a certain way or put his arm around me in a certain way or whatever. And that brings me into that moment. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Yes, okay. We can do this. Yeah. Kind of thing. So I'm just not in that state of mind all the time. And I think that's also part of the maintenance night thing where it works and why it worked for us, I think, in both my pregnancies. Yeah. Rhett's very intuitive and very good at <clears throat> gauging when and where or whatever. And I've also learned to, it's like a dance. We've learned that it dance. It is, yeah. Yes. We've learned that you do dance. the dance well. We know the steps and we, we do the dance well by now. And so he knows my cues and, and I know his cues and what, even though he's the one giving the cues more often than what I am because I'm always in mommy mode. But you have to make time to pay attention to those things. And I think in my second trimester, yeah, I felt good. I was less tired or whatever. But then in my third trimester with both pregnancies, raging hormones. So he hardly had to give any cues. It was just me all the time like ready and and he wasn't like grossed out by your pregnancy or like like what am i gonna do to the baby or nothing uh, like that no funny enough he didn't i mean i think we had one discussion about it once like i wonder what it's like in there for that kid <laughs> <laughs> and also red's got a very ridiculous sense of humor so he even cracked a few jokes after the baby was born i'm your dad you might recognize me but you won't you haven't seen my face before <laughs> Well, you know what I have heard, which kind of was nice. I think it was at our prenatal classes, our antenatal classes, where um, you, the the hormones you feel when you're having sex and uh, when you climax and whatnot, um, that gets filtered to the baby. So it's, I mean, it's not like they have an orgasm, but no, um, but it's positive. It's, it's all really positive, loving hormones that good, they yeah, get. So yeah. it's not a bad thing for you. Yeah, to, and I mean the blood flows and everything. So yeah, it's not doesn't disturb them i mean they're very protected in there but it, it, the energy that your body is yeah. producing does transfer so so third trimester for me elijah was only two days late uh, i was 40 weeks and two days but um that sex became very functional for me i was just like 
I need to get this going. My cervix needs to, you know. <laughs> so you're you like, are. we're having sex so this baby can come. Yeah. That, that was. <laughs> hoping an orgasm puts you into labor. That I was hoping. Or induces hoping, labor. I was hoping so. You know, so poor Ray. Well, so. well yeah, poor Ray, but he, he got to catch up there a little bit. <laughs> he, he did. He had, he he had did. to do it with a massive belly in tow. Yeah, <laughs> he, it was tricky, but I mean, we got there. Exactly. You <laughs> figure it out. I suppose he, um, he got to make up there a little bit because usually by the end of the pregnancy, women are just like, there's so much pressure on your cervix. You're, that that was a thing for me. I had um, severe pressure on my cervix from the beginning of my third trimester and with with my second pregnancy even from like my second trimester early early on in my pregnancy every time I got up it felt like the baby was going to fall out like, really you know, you know that feeling towards yeah, yeah, the yeah. end where you're like this is a lot yeah, of pressure yeah I felt that early in my second oh, pregnancy okay. I think it was obviously just position the baby the way the baby was yeah. positioned or whatever but yeah so for me that was uncomfortable so I suppose he scored there because he did. Most women would be like, "Oh, I can't do this." I gotta say, there was once or twice that he was just. I'm just like, "We got to. I'm sorry that this is gonna happen because this baby's gonna. I can't be pregnant anymore." <laughs> and it happened. Worked for my sister-in-law, and by God, it's gonna work for me. So t- take one for the team, buddy. Yeah. you need to. You need to man up. Okay. And I think yeah. No I mean, pressure. all men enjoy it, but I, I do think there was a stage where it's like, "Really, Sam? Again?" <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic yeah. i bet you he would never admit that <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> because because I, I mean i don't know if you do admit that if they take like your man card or something yeah yeah yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> or man badge or whatever they call it or if they like if you don't get to you there's only so many times that you can get a we you have you have to have sex now and, yeah and if you if you pass that opportunity up then maybe next time you want to have sex you don't get to have sex. yeah 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 exactly i'll, I'll put so this one in the yeah, bank yeah exactly <laughs> oh if only it worked that way oh yeah who knows so afterwards after baby comes you've got that six week gap and i think I think men, a lot of men kind of wait for those six weeks. Is yeah. that with natural birth as well? I, I think so. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I went, we both had C-sections for those who, yeah, who are wondering. So I went to my um, six-week checkup and my gynae was like, so we had to ask all the questions. We did the pap smear. We did whatever, whatever. And then he was like, so do you have any discomfort during intercourse? I just looked at it. At your six-week checker. There was a moment of silence, and I was like, um, Doc, can I get back to you on that one? Because we haven't quite gotten yeah. there yet. Yeah. Like, six weeks is this a long... This was with Josh, right? Yeah, six weeks in general is a long time. But again, with Jace also, I, I, I wasn't there Not at before six weeks. Six weeks yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't there. At, and then... See, I thought that was the, like, you can't do anything before then. I don't know. He was asking me if there's any discomfort. So I was like... I don't know. I'll let you know when it happens. When yeah. it happens, kind of thing. And I mean, I don't know when it did happen for the first time again after that. But good heavens, was it painful? Yeah, it's not easy. Hey, I don't know if it was like that for you, but heavens, it's painful the first time you. you and I mean, then I just think to myself, I didn't even that baby didn't even go through the birthing channel. Yeah, so I'm wondering. I don't know what it's like for women who who gave vaginal birth. <laughs> 
Well, kudos to you, ladies, because I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm obviously a wuss because... <laughs> no, it's not pleasant. you got to learn it all over. Like, yeah, you got to really get your mojo again. It's not easy, <laughs> man. It's not, so for me, um, you know, and we've spoken about just feeling unsexy and whatnot. Um, but what really got to me is I had um, postpartum anxiety. So I was really just not myself. And my mom-in-law was the one who said, maybe try Eglinol. And I know a lot of women in South Africa are on Eglinol. And a lot of uh, women are against it. And I'm, we're not experts. I'm not here to tell you, yes, go for it. No, don't. It's one of those, it's an antipsychotic and it stimulates milk production. And I was just like, you know what? If it's going to make me less psychotic... <laughs> And it's going to give me more milk because I was so intense on breastfeeding. Then cool. And got to say, wonderful. Did the trick. I was able to take on a lot more. Um, handle things a lot better. I was more myself. I can't say... I, I, I obviously needed something. I needed yeah. something to take the edge off. And it helped. It did. Um, however, my libido just went for right. a ball of shit. Mm. Unfortunately, like with most of those products, they well, uh, those products. I mean, anything that helps with um, uh, mood stabilizers yeah. or, or anything that has to any do kind with, of antidepressant or yes, yeah, they do. Med. They they do. That is one of the side effects: is uh, lowered uh, libido and. Yeah, and I just, like I say, I'm not a doctor. Charlene, you're not a doctor. But, and I totally respect every woman's personal choice. Um, I've been now just dealing with my own business and that, and doctors telling me left, right, and center, my psychologist, my GP. Maybe we should give you something. Listen, just, you know, um, go on on antidepressants, you know. Um, And I don't know. I... I want I, I quite like having my libido back <laughs> and that's one of the like primary reasons it's such a like a chicken and egg situation because also I mean the, the endorphins and the serotonin that the body releases right when yeah. when being intimate with your partner that that is an antidepressant in itself but so but because now to get if you're feeling depressed and down and you're in that rut and then to get yourself to feel in the mood it's a, it's a difficult cycle so then you take something to help your mood and your just your general psychological state be po- more positive or, or for you to be able to cope a little bit better but then your libido drops but and if I, you were to have sex that would also help you yeah and it is it's a it's complete chicken of the egg situation and i don't know as soon as i told my gp okay yeah but what about my libido she had no answer for me she didn't say oh rather this drug then or mm. she was just like oh well if that's important i'm just like well you know what at this stage it totally is if that's important like i'm not about to commit suicide honey it's not like i'm i'm prioritizing sex over my life at the moment and i'm all i'm really all for taking medication exactly you do what you need to do and i also think that it is admirable to 
for a person to be able to say, look, I need something to help me or I need help. And um, it's a hard thing for most people to do. And let's be honest, there's so much judgment around so much mommy related. So I just, I think people literally hashtag no judges. Each person you do the, what's best for yes, you. Yes, you family. just do what's best for you and, and for you at that point. Because for now, maybe I feel like I don't want to take an antidepressant. Yeah, it'll help me or it'll just help me stabilize my mood a little bit more. It'll help me cope better, but it's going to make my libido drop. And for me, at the moment, I'm trying to rekindle that in my marriage and I'm trying to get yeah. back on track there. Yeah. So for now, it won't work for me. Maybe yeah. at a different stage it would have. So you just do you. Yeah, that's it's what I'm going for. So I started running again. I'm doing everything like that. I'm, I'm trying to naturally get those yes, endorphins going yes, yes. and um, manage my stress in other ways. And I mean, stay tuned, guys. I guess I'll keep you updated. Seeing I've put, seeing as I've put myself out there now. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just it, it's a very real thing for me, and and um, and I really do, do hope it. I don't know hits a nerve and then lets some other women out there feel that they're they're going through the same thing but yeah um challenge accepted let's give maintenance night a bash exactly you know 100 yeah. percent. i i haven't actually i mean we've we've taken time to do maintenance hubby and i but we we haven't done this like week cycle thing i'm gonna i'm gonna do that yeah, i want to do it hasn't yeah, and I'm like, four times a month, not bad. Exactly. On that note, can I tell you, I don't know if I have mentioned it before in one of our discussions here. If I'm repeating myself, I apologize, but it's relevant now again. This, There's this uh, group or a, a blog or a, I don't know what it is that my husband follows. Um, it's an American group that a whole bunch of guys they're all fathers belong to and um they i mean i'm not on it because obviously i'm not a guy but they only accept guys it's i think it's called a bunch of dads or something and so the number one topic that of discussion in that group obviously is sex in their marriage in the marriages post children and um it is it's the number one thing that's making people or guys unhappy a lot of guys are saying we don't know how to approach it we don't want to put our wives under pressure but for some men it's been a year a year post baby that they that they haven't and listen things happen i can see how you get to 12 months no not having having gotten it on with your partner i can see it and and if that is the case for anyone like I feel you. I hear you, and it, it, it. I can't relate because for us it was sooner. But I honestly, I, I have so much um, understanding or uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Empathy. Empathy. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for helping me. Empathy is the word I'm looking. I have empathy for that because there is so much pressure around everything. And shame to listen to what these guys are talking about and how how they're trying to not pressurize their wives and not be forceful and whatever but they they also have they also need to still feel desired and wanted and it's a partnership and and what i'd really like to also do with with this podcast is take 
take away the stigma of asshole husband. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I know I, I, I will, I have before and I will probably still again complain about my husband, but he is great. And I'm, I consider myself a feminist, but what I really hate is man bashing. Really super hate that. And, and so I, I hear that when it comes to that group, sex is super important for husbands. It's how they feel they can connect. And I do feel they feel isolated, especially in the newborn days, mm. from their family probably. Mm. And uh, sex is a little bit of a way of saying, hey, I'm still here. I'm still your wife. I'm still We're here. still us. Yeah, we're yeah. still us. Yeah. We're, and now we're a family. And yes. this is... And yeah, I think also wow, important, that's interesting. The important, that was very interesting. And my husband shares it with me often. And I, what I found interesting about it is the fact that um, I think it is something that doesn't get talked about. Um, and I mean, I am by no means in a position or even am I interested in judging anyone's scenario. Your reasons are your reasons. And things happen. Pre-kids, Rhett and I spoke about it often. We were like, I can see how six years of your life passes you by and your kids six or eight or ten years your kids are off in primary school and you're sitting at a dinner with your husband across the table from each other and you have very little to say I can see how that happens and um it's it's unfortunate but life takes these turns with you and I think when you're in the moment if you feel like you're drifting apart or you need a reconnection or a what whatever maintenance night is if, if you can bring yourself if you're not in any physical pain or discomfort or whatever you can bring yourself yeah, like within to, reason if, yeah. if it's between um you know netflix or you know whatever and let's be honest if it if it hasn't happened often you won't need very long to exactly to, to go over like, let's yeah it, it takes what you know, not an hour. Well, it's not an hour. He says that he's at least given me twice. Twice in his life, he's given me the most average three seconds of, <laughs> of my life. So, <laughs> at least twice. It's really and and it really is one of those things that the more you do it, the more you want to do it. It's exactly like that. So, oh, I feel like I'm I'm preaching, but it's really something I've got to remind myself. But you know for. what? Also, it does. I also I'm listening to myself now, thinking it sounds like I'm preaching. But I, the reason why I, I want to share this is because I just think that try it. Trust me, it is so nice. Like you won't regret it once you get into the swing yeah. of things, because it just it awakens that part of you again that you had forgotten. It, it's locked up down there in the bottom of your wherever you're hiding it and you you owe it to yourself to still feel sexy and desirable and and have a freaking orgasm and just lie there out of breath and think to yourself man that felt good yes because <laughs> let's be honest things don't feel that great anymore everything is work everything is work you're tired you love your kids you love them to death and the, and they are rewarding in their own right but good Fucking hell, are they difficult? Yeah. It, it, it's 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 a chore. Most things that you're doing these days as a mom. Yeah, trying to juggle everything. Not even just my. For me, it's not Elijah. It's he's fine. I can deal with just him. For me, right now, it's it's work. It's work and juggling all so of I've those got to, responsibilities. I've got to set that all aside and just be. So do it for you. Like, yeah. be selfish. Yeah, you owe yourself an S- orgasm, girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's gonna like phone you and just be like, "Thanks, Charlene." 
<laughs> Listen, so you're much. not always going to feel up to it. <laughs> and sometimes you're going to be like, I know I owe it to myself, but I just don't want to right now. Don't don't let this also become like a, a pressurized no. thing is what I'm trying to say to the moms no. out there. Yeah. You don't need to add more pressure to your life, but try and if, if it can be a fun thing to do, try it. It's, you won't regret it. I have one last thing before we wrap up. And it's a genuine question, and it's a it it really honestly it's a genuine question. I don't co sleep. Um, I haven't, nor have I waxed um, Elijah sleeping by himself. So let's not go there. But like the moms that that have the king size beds and have all the kids in bed with them and their husband. How do you do it? How do you do it? I don't know. I don't know because I mean I because I'd love for a mommy who does that to share it with us because I've often wondered about that um because the bed is the most like it's the most comfortable you know yeah let's be honest the from the oven to the freezer to the table that's long out the window those yeah. are for the early days yeah now you, if you're you want to have you want to be in bed it count it's warm be it's comfortable <laughs> it's so what? What do you do? I don't know. I mean, the I, couch. We had Jess in her co-sleeper in our room, so yeah, she was like in the bed with us. And I'm trying to remember now if we ever did it with her still in the room with us. We probably did. I, I just can't recall now. But I mean, she was still in her own little cot, so it's not like the motion of her yeah. was like waking <laughs> her or probably rocking her off to sleep. <laughs> yeah, no. So I don't know. For we've tried moments where the kids are not in the same room generally so i don't know we don't even like the cat watching us you know so <laughs> it's creepy it's like awkward. it's a bit creepy i feel like i have <laughs> yeah. eyes on me yeah so if, yeah if anybody co-sleeps um and has managed because a lot of co-sleeping families they're the ones that like fall pregnant a lot yeah like i've always wondered how that works like do share with us. Do share. I am Do very, share. very intrigued yeah. by this. So I've opened an email address, um, and you guys are welcome to pop us an email. It's um, the Great Equalizer with a Z, Z A, the Great Equalizer Z A at gmail.com. And pop us an email and let us know or um, comment on our Instagram posts, and we'll be more active on, on Facebook soon as well. So, uh, do share do share yeah, just share i mean we we can sit here and bore you with our own stories for days but and and trust me there's a lot to talk about but we we'd love to hear from you we want to hear about your crazy and your upside down please help us know that we're not in this insanity by ourselves <laughs> otherwise it's just us four <laughs> oh, no. yeah. me you ray and red yeah and i, I, I fear <laughs> that that will make me very depressed yeah. because i i i find comfort in the fact that i'm not alone in this crazy situation so please make me make me feel comfortable if you are i've got some eggnog for you <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.